0: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. Wow, it's been an interesting week. We had the draft last weekend. That was exciting. Um, We thought we were going to be able to put up a podcast of our live stream, but we did live stream it on YouTube, so that is on our YouTube channel. Um, Roughing the Podcast is our name on there, so you can go look that up. Um, Did an entire coverage of the whole first episode, round of the NFL draft, had some guests on there. It was a good time. Today we're gonna review some of the picks that each team made. We're gonna go over the AFC first. Next week we'll be back with the NFC. And as always, I am joined by my co-host Cody Krause. How are we doing tonight?
1: We're doing great. I mean coming down off that draft, uh draft week high. Um like you said really fun draft. The first round was super entertaining. One of the more I feel like noteworthy first rounds. Uh, which is surprising since you didn't necessarily get the, I mean, you had one quarterback, no running backs. You didn't get like that skill receiver bang. I mean, there's a ton of wide receivers, but um, really fun first round and a really some surprises throughout the rest of the weekend. Uh, um, but we'll be interested to see how these rookies uh, take to their new teams and what uh, free agency shakeups we have coming off of that. I mean, we had one. This week, I mean, the Saints, they, um, Saints uh, made moves. They opted instead of taking a safety to replace Marcus Williams in the draft, they opted to go other directions and then picked up the Honey Badger.
0: Yeah. So we see Tyron Matthew getting a new home back home in New Orleans, down there in Louisiana. So, He'll be he'll be good down there. A lot of teams were interested in him in him. So New Orleans was the one to come out on top, benefiting from the Chiefs release of him or non signing of him. Um, So as we see the Honey Badger take the field, we will see another important name sit down for the first six weeks. Uh, We learned this week that DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended for the first six games of the year for using performance enhancing drugs uh test in november came back positive for a banned substance unsure about what that substance is but he will be sitting out for the first six weeks of the year cody what do you think
1: uh that makes me really nervous for them i mean we saw the impact that um not having hopkins had on that team last year um they were not the same team at all they struggled toward the end of the year um other guys are going to need to step up. I mean, they do have weapons. They have uh, A.J. Green. They have Rondell Moore. They have um, Zach Ertz. They distracted Trey McBride. Like, they're going to have to have some of these young guys.
0: Uh, they have the newly they, acquired Marquise Brown as well.
1: And Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, did Did the Cardinals did they know, they know that was coming?
0: Um I don't know. I don't know. I think they just I mean, personally, I see Marquise Brown as an upgrade over Christian Kirk, at least in Arizona's offense. I don't think Christian Kirk really fit in that offensive scheme all that well. But Marquise Brown, I mean, Baltimore and Arizona are fairly similar, especially with their quarterback play. Um, So I could see him fitting a lot better than Christian Kirk did in that offense. So maybe they were just targeting him as a replacement. But it does make you at least a little bit curious of did the NFL notify Arizona early of this?
1: Yeah, so gonna need some guys to step up. They're in a tough division. Um, so we'll see a big loss and a big loss for fans. I mean, I know personally, I love watching Hopkins out on the field. He's always making crazy catches, crazy plays. and seems like a pretty upstanding guy, and he took a stance of he didn't know, didn't know. That he took anything or didn't take anything at all. So um,
0: we'll yeah, see. We'll I see mean, I, I think we'll easily see a dispute against this, um, at least from D Hop's standpoint. Um, it'll be a little bit interesting come fantasy football draft season. I mean, he's going to fall. He was easily a first, second round pick um, as one of these elite wide receivers in the NFL. But I mean, he could easily fall into the fourth or fifth round. So that'll be interesting. An interesting conversation coming up in the next few months when we start our fantasy football talk after we get done with this draft and minicamp, all that kind of good stuff. But let's move on here. Let's start out with the AFC side of things. We'll go over each team's, a couple of their picks that they made, a little bit of a quick overview. We do have 16 teams to get through, so we won't be covering them too deep. If you want our analysis on each team's pick in the first round, go on YouTube, watch our Draft extravaganza, but we'll start out here with the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Cody, how did you like the Buffalo Bills draft coming out?
1: Yeah, I mean, we said coming out that they were a team with not a ton of holes. Um, when they traded up, I believe, into that 23 spot, I thought that they were going to take a pass rusher. Um, that seemed like the place. Um, for them to do that. I forget who exactly was on the board at that time, but I was expecting them to go that route. They didn't. They went with Kair Elam, um, who was a great pick. I mean, a lot of people had them projecting to go in the first round. Um, Gives Tredavious White, uh, Mike Hyde, some help in that secondary. Um, So they had a good first day. Um, And then they go and get Dalvin Cook's brother on the second day. yeah, I mean, I just feel like they added some quality potential at a lot of different places. I mean, they weren't a team that needed to fill a lot of big holes. Uh, added some receiver depth, too, which is great.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually really like their Khalil Shakir wide receiver pick from Boise State in the fifth round. Great value there. He didn't only produce once in college. He did it over multiple years. He's not super, super special, like, of an athlete, um, but he, he's actually – Really surprisingly good after the catch. He's got great vision, good cutting. Um, he can really contort his body on the sideline to make those crazy catches that were so desperate to watch, um, on TV. So I really like that pick. It's just another weapon for Josh Allen, especially after a year or two when he gets into his prime. He should be a really good weapon for Allen there in that offense.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I think I would give, um, I don't think... I mean, corner was a need, but for me, it wasn't the most pressing need. Uh, so, I'll give them a B-plus overall, just because I think they probably could have done something a little bit better in the first round, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, B, B-plus range. Maybe an A-minus if you really like Kair Elam. I think, over time, Elam will be a better prospect than Levi Wallace was, is, and that's who they lost, and that's who they're trying to replace with Elam there, so... I like the pick overall. It was good. I mean, a good pick for the first round, but like you said, we, we both thought they were going to go edge rusher. I mean, Jermaine Johnson and George Karlaftis were still on the board at that point. So either of them would have been a big boost to that defense, but Kyrie, Elam still a good cornerback. Still should have some success in the NFL. All right, let's move on here to the Miami dolphins. They did not have a first round or a second round pick from trades. So, they started in the third round and they grabbed a steady linebacker from the incredible defense of the Georgia Bulldogs and Channing Tindall. What do you, what do you think of their draft as a whole? I mean, they only had four picks, so there's only so much we can talk about.
1: Yeah. I mean, so they traded those picks for uh, Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle, who both are great football players. So I'm sure they're not disappointed watching those guys. highlight like tapes uh, for day one, started day two, but um uh, yeah, I mean, I think that linebacker is a position that hasn't really jumped off the board for them, and obviously, we saw how great that Georgia defense was. Just when I mean, you're gonna hear us say Georgia a lot, um, they set the record for most picks from a team, but um, yeah, and then in the fourth round pick, they had a pick that they took from your Steelers, Dev, and they took, uh, oh boy. We're going to butcher this guy's name.
0: Good luck. Good Uh, luck.
1: Eric Azukanma from Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, I'd probably do that.
1: Something like that. Um, And I think he's reliable. He doesn't have elite speed or quickness, but, hey, you don't need speed and quickness when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Um, And then Cameron Good, the edge from California, he's versatile. He can play in a lot of different places for them. So overall, a solid draft for what little capital they had in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would say my favorite pick from them was Cameron Good. Um especially in the 7th round. I mean, he could develop into a starter for them or at least a rotational piece in that defense. Really drops into coverage really well. Um yeah, and I was really interested by their pick in that wide receiver. I mean, they had four picks in this draft and they just got Tyreek Hill. They spent a first-round pick on Jalen Waddell last year, and they're still adding depth to that wide receiver room when I'm sure there are other pieces that they absolutely needed. So a little bit interesting there, especially in the fourth round. I feel like in this draft, the depth or at least the quality of players dropped off after round four. So maybe they go with a linebacker, I mean, back-to-back in round three and round four, and then figure it out from there. But we'll see. I mean... Eric, might I'm not even going to try to say his last name, so I'll just call him Eric by his first name. So Eric might not even find a place in that locker room. He might start as a practice squad player, but we will see that come mini camp, come preseason. All of that good stuff is to come this summer. Uh, let's move on here. Let's go to New England. And I would say my worst pick for them would have to be Mr. Cole Strange, their first-round pick who most people had as a third round prospect. Cody, I mean, we were all surprised on the <laughs> live stream. What do you think of the Cole Strange pick here by New England?
1: Yeah, I mean, typical Bill Belichick trading and trading and then trading some more and then taking a guy who a lot of people didn't even have going in the top 50, let alone the first round. Um, sh- I mean, sure, they uh, traded Shaq Mason, or lost Jack Mason, so they needed a guard, but probably could have been there elsewhere. And if you were planning on moving around, why not get somebody like Bay Dean, who people were gushing about how good that fit was for them. Um, So definitely a surprise there. Um, And then they also lose a pick to get uh, Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver out of Baylor. Um, His speed speed was good but to wait to have to give up a pick for him at 50 to trade up and get him at 50 was a question mark for me. A lot of question marks in this draft. Um, You talked about your least favorite pick. Uh, I'll talk about my favorite pick. Uh, And for them, that was Pierre strong out of South Dakota state the running back. I mean, they're a team that doesn't really need running backs and they took two of them, but I really like strong. Um, He's a hard runner uh, with a, Huge football IQ. Andy's quick, so probably my favorite pick for them. But overall, not a great grade for them from me. I feel like they didn't necessarily make a lot of smart moves.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this draft class from the Patriots. I do like the Taquan Thornton pick in the second round. They definitely needed wide receiver help, and at least they get a burner. He ran a four-two-eight at the forty, so I like that. They added depth on defense, went back-to-back cornerback in the third and fourth round. And then it was really interesting that they took two running backs in this draft class. I mean, they have a solid running back room. So it was interesting to me. But I do like Pierre Strong. I think he could turn out to be a really good running back, especially, I mean, with this crowded room, he's going to have time to develop. So I like that. I would, I will say my worst pick for them, though, wasn't even Cole Strange. I do not like the Bailey Zappi pick. Western Kentucky is an air raid offense and that is the exact opposite of New England. They do not, I mean, as soon as Tom Brady left, they were not a pass heavy offense. Mac Jones had one game where he threw three passes. We've been over this before. So Bailey Zappi's is just a weird pick for me. I mean, he'll be a good backup if they need him to, but he's going to have to have to, I mean, he's going to have to transition into a different style of off- offense and this might be difficult for him. So we shall see. Bill Belichick's a great head coach. I, After this draft, I'm kind of questioning his GM abilities. They might need to look elsewhere. Um, Robert Kraft might have to, to maybe take some pressure off of Bill Belichick in this draft process, because this was interesting, to say the least. All so, right, I think we've talked enough about New England, unless you yeah, have a question.
1: So, no, I don't. But we go from a not-so-great draft to wowza. Um, the Jets, um, they go out and we said they had three needs, and it was defensive back, wide receiver, and edge rusher. And they go out and they get yes. Sauce Gardner at four, Garrett Wilson, arguably the best receiver in the draft at ten, and they trade up and get Jermaine Johnson, who who some people had as a top ten pick, who's still there at twenty six, and they trade up and get him. Um, and then they traded up and got Brees Hall, uh in the second round and for both those trade-ups didn't really lose a lot in value. Um, wow. I mean, you talk it or listen to Robert Sala after the draft, they had those three guys that they got in the first round in their top eight on their big board. And they got them all. Uh, they got two of them outside of the top eight, uh, and one of them at 26. Yeah great draft
0: for them yeah I mean this was an incredible draft for them I have to admit when I saw on day two that they picked Brees Hall I was a little bit curious because Michael Carter was a solid rookie for him last year um, and I think he could easily be at least a middle range RB1 for an NFL team but I as I'm sitting here thinking about it I kind of like it Brees Hall is more of the bruiser inside the tackles kind of runner and Michael Carter's more of a, if you want to bounce them outside, if you want them to catch a pass, I mean, that's your guy. So maybe they see Brees Hall as a first and second down running back, and then they bring Michael Carter in for passing downs and on third down and to stay in the backfield and block, because that's probably Brees Hall's biggest, biggest downside is his pass blocking ability. But I mean, that's usually the biggest downside for any college running back, because in college, they don't really ask their running backs to do that all that often because the edge rush talent isn't there. The pass rush talent just isn't there at the college level for every single team. So running backs usually don't get that many reps at pass blocking. But I really like Brees Hall in the second round. I mean, as you said, they traded up twice once for Brees Hall, once for Jermaine Johnson. And if I had Jermaine Johnson inside my top eight and I was sitting there and he was at 26, I'd be like, yeah, I want to trade down or I want to trade up and get him too because why the heck not? I will say it's going to be interesting in three, four, five years when they have to pay all of these people. I don't know that they can. I mean, you have Zach Wilson who's going to earn a huge payday if he succeeds in the next two, three years. And then you've got these three guys, Gardner, Wilson, and Johnson who are going to be asking for big paydays if they succeed at the next level. So that'll be interesting, but I do really, really like this draft class and I stand by my bold prediction that this will not be the worst team in the AFC East.
1: Yeah. I don't know about that one. I think they're one of those teams that (laughs) needs a little bit of development, but um, yeah, I mean, and then they take tight end Jeremy Ruckert at one-on-one overall. Um, I think there was other needs there. I mean, they just got, it was Ozoma, right? This offseason? season. Uh, yes. But, yeah. But Rucker has a lot of versatility for me. He's great in the blocking game and in the receiving game. Where I feel like Ozoma's more of just that pass catcher. So uh, I could see him playing a role in this offense for sure. Um, and but look for them to make uh, address some needs with some undrafted free agents to try to make a splash uh, in many camp and OTAs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really like this draft from the Jets. Let's move on to another team that made a splash in the first round and in the draft as a whole. We'll move on to the AFC North, and we're gonna head over to Baltimore first. Cody, what do you think of the Ravens' draft class this year?
1: I absolutely love it. Um, I, I mean, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna steal some of your thunder here, but um, I mean, we both love Kyle Hamilton. Uh, we had some guys on our draft cast that were really hoping that he would fall to their teams. He did not. He went, he went to Baltimore at 14, which is a, a steal for them there, in my opinion. Uh, he it, That was in one of my top three picks in the draft. Um, just added beefing up that secondary. And then they get, uh, with the Hollywood Brown trade, they end up getting Linderbaum at 25. Um, another, I mean, they add another offensive lineman to that offensive line and, um super versatile super great character um can definitely contribute for them inside um we you and i have talked a lot about david ojabo probably would have been a first rounder if he didn't have injury issues can come in and make a name for himself um i mean those were their first three picks um A a plus for me in those first three picks honestly
0: yeah, I really like all three of those picks. Trading back into the first to get Linderbaum out of Iowa. Incredible center. They needed help on offensive line. Kyle Hamilton falling to them at 14 is a dream come true. They already have a solid safety in Marcus Williams, so getting Hamilton some rotational reps, give him the development, get him used to the speed that the NFL plays at, and you got yourself solid, solid safety and defensive back room in general. And then, I mean, even Travis Jones at the – I mean, middle of round three, early side of round three, he could have been a first-round pick easy. I mean, if one of those defensive tackle needy teams didn't take Devontae Wyatt or Wyatt was gone earlier, Travis Jones was one of those guys that could have easily been the pick there. But he fell, Ravens waited him out, and they still get their big man up front that we expected them to take later in the first round in both of our mocks, I think. I think we both had Wyatt or somebody like that going to them. I'm not quite sure, but really like that. And then... Daniel, gosh, I butcher his name every single time. Follow Laley, follow Laley, however you say that, out of Minnesota. I don't think he's going to be a successful tackle in the NFL, but move him inside, give him the transition time, and he could be an excellent guard at the next level. He's just a little bit too big and doesn't have the speed to keep up with these edge rushers that the NFL is taking now. One thing that did interest me.
1: He is a big boy.
0: Yeah, very, very big man. They took two tight ends in the fourth round. Charlie okay. Kohler out of Iowa okay. State and Hold Isaiah on. Likely out of Coastal Carolina.
1: Before you stole my thunder. That's my favorite pick for them. <laughs> that, that Which Charlie one? Kohler, both? That's, no, Kohler.
0: Um, okay, I got gotcha. you.
1: Obviously, we're both from Iowa. I still live in Iowa, so Iowa State games are on quite a bit. So I got to see a lot of this guy. And he is a Mark Andrews clone. I absolutely love putting him in that offense with the Andrews, letting him learn, uh, let, and giving another second tight end uh, to help out a depleted weapons group uh, for Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think dude's a stud athlete, and I cannot wait to see what he does in this system and with this team and how he develops under one of the best tight ends in the league.
0: Right. I mean, I like them adding depth at tight end, but taking two is a little bit interesting, and I think it kind of shows their cards as to what their offense is going to look like this next year. I mean, they have Mark Andrews. They have Nick Boyle, who has been a solid tight end backup, solid second tight end on this offense for a couple years now. And then they go out and draft Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely. Now, they also traded Hollywood Brown, and they failed to take a wide receiver in this draft at all so their top two wide receivers are Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay so do you I mean personally I think they're going to be running a lot of two tight end sets lots of that kind of play action with those tight ends running routes giving Mark Andrews a healthy healthy um, dosage of pass um, passes or targets, that's the word I'm looking for, giving him a healthy doses of targets. And, I mean, do we just think they're going to forgo wide receiver? They're not going to add any more help in the offseason, anything like that? Are they going to go into this year with Bateman and Duvernay as their one-two punch at wide receiver? Lord, no. (laughs) I mean, I I would hope they wouldn't think that those two would suffice, but I kind of think that they do. I kind of think they believe in these two guys, and I'm all for that, but not as a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two on an offense where the only other pass catcher is Mark Andrews and two rookie tight ends.
1: Yeah, I'm a little worried because they're not like the big spending type, at least uh, especially on that offense. I feel like when they do make moves, it's on that defense. Um, and so I don't see them going out and paying, especially at risk, like Odell Beckham or Julio Jones. But man. You want to talk about wrists. I know we mentioned it when we did the AFC North capsules. Do you think that this Antonio Brown thing has legs at this point?
0: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if they get desperate enough, maybe. But, I mean, like I said on that episode, as if I were a GM, I wouldn't touch him with a 3,000-foot pole. Like, no way. mm Nope. Not having it on my offense is just too toxic. It's it's too bad for the locker room and just the morale of the team as a whole. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, especially well, with Lamar Jackson. I think he's he's kind of a, the talkative type, too. I mean, we've, we saw that at, on Twitter on the draft night. So having him and Antonio Brown in the same locker room, I just don't think it would turn out well for them.
1: Well, I feel like if Lamar calls for it, though, like, I don't know, I think... I think Antonio Brown would like being the guy. I mean, I think that's the one thing that you— Yeah,
0: of course Antonio Brown would like being the guy. But he was the guy in Oakland, and he still freaking railed on the GM, Mike Mayock, in front of the entire team at a practice. He was—I mean, he could have easily been the guy in Tampa Bay. He was on a Super Bowl-winning team. And he still threw a fit and ran off the sideline in the middle of a game. He was the guy in Pittsburgh, but he had drama with the team. And he left. He was the guy. There was no, I mean, Juju was great in his absence, but he was the number one wide receiver undisputed on that offense.
1: No, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think that the Raiders organization in the last few years has just been a, a mess. In general, um, so I don't. I mean, I don't think that that's a lone incident for them. Um, but I, he wasn't the guy in Tampa Bay. I mean, I mean, it, it no. It, I mean, there
0: were it, other mouths it's, to it's feed. Thing, but... because
1: because Roethlisberger isn't isn't a out, outspoken person. So I mean, Antonio Brown really was the mouthpiece of that team, which is always a scary situation to be in. Um, but I don't know. And I feel like if he wants to be there and they just like feed that mouth to the extent that they can, I think it might suffice until they figure out another option. Cause he sure as heck still got talent.
0: No, I, I don't disagree that he has talent. He's an incredible wide receiver. I don't think he's at his peak anymore. He's not as good as he was in 2017, 2018 time. Um, but my, uh, My thing with him is I think there will always be something that he disagrees with, and he will be very, very vocal and will let you know immediately. And I think that just causes issues with a team in general. It causes issues between the receiver and their quarterback, between the receiver and their head coach. I mean, we saw that in Tampa Bay, but I, I just don't know why a team would do that. I mean, no matter how desperate you are, you're going to, I mean, you get what, three, four games out of him and then. I mean, he was injured more than half the season this last year. He was barely on the field, but when he was, he was great. But there is that give and take. I mean, if if you do sign him, you're taking on that risk of will this still be the same old Antonio Brown that we've seen, or will we get a actual like a better version of him, but still the same playing ability that we've seen? And that's the question that needs to be asked. And I don't know that we'll see that this year. I don't know that a team actually signs him.
1: We shall see. For me, I mean, I think they do end up making a move at wide receiver, and I think they do get that desperate. I feel like that just has more legs than them taking a shot on one of the other receivers that's still out there. Not saying that I think it has a ton of legs,
0: but, um, yeah, we'll see. I would like them. I mean, I would like them grabbing Landry. I think Landry is a good option there. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, we'll talk about the Browns here shortly, and it sounds like the Browns are in pretty intense talks to bring him back,
0: so um, we'll
1: see. All
0: right, let's move on on to one of our first Ohio teams in the Cincinnati Bengals, Super Bowl runners ups uh, representatives of the AFC. Cody, how did you feel about their draft this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, so... They did a pretty good job in free agency of addressing the offensive line need. And then they turn around and say, "Okay, Cooper Cup and Odell and Van Jefferson exposed us in the Super Bowl. So we're going to address the defensive back need. I love the Dax Hill pick. I think he's a steal at 31. Um, He and Cam Taylor Britt, their their second round pick out of Nebraska, are very versatile athletes that I think will contribute well to that secondary. So a great job with them by addressing a need. Um, I don't know that Zach Carter was the best option for them at D-tackle uh, in the third, but I think they really made up for it in uh, Toledo safety Tyson Anderson and uh, their edge out of Coastal Carolina, Jeff Gunther on day three. Um, Anderson is an absolute tenacious uh football player, um, in that, uh, in that secondary and then Gunter, uh, has a ton of power. So I really like their day three picks and I think they really did a great job of addressing a need on day one.
0: Yeah. I like the Dax Hill pick. I'm curious to see where he plays the majority of his time on defense. He's very versatile and he's a good player, but depending on how you use him, he could easily become a great player in the NFL And, I mean, I agree with you. I think the most underrated pick for this team and one of the most underrated talents in this draft class was Cam Taylor Britt. He didn't have a ton of starting time at Nebraska, but when he was on the field, it was incredible. Um, Just a great, or sorry, excuse me, just a great player overall. Um, And I I like him there. I mean, I think he's a good draft uh, steal at round two, pick 60 overall. Like it. I like it a lot and I think them not drafting an offensive lineman until day three just speaks to how they feel about their offensive line improvement over this off season. I mean, they grabbed three free agents on that line to bulk bulk it up a little bit. And I think it will help. Um, I'm just interested to see how cohesive this unit is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with that, we'll move to the Brownies, Cleveland Browns. Um, they look like they weren't going to have a lot of draft capital uh, when they traded for um, Watson, but, and they didn't have a lot of early draft capital, but they definitely added some pieces there on day two and day three.
0: Yeah. I actually really like one of their last picks in the draft. It might actually be their last pick in the draft. Nope. Second to last. Um, and a Isaiah Thomas, I think he, he is a great pick. I mean, he's got the right size to be an end rusher in today's NFL. He really has some good moves. I think if he adds a little bit more moves to his um, toolbox, I think he'll be great. But I think he can contribute from day one for this team as a rotational player. And eventually maybe he finds a significant role on this defense. But I mean, Miles Garrett needs to come off for a breather. Throw Thomas in there. He'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and I'm a little worried for this team, so we're a football podcast, so I'm going to talk baseball here for a second. Um, You saw, this week you saw Trevor Bauer, one of the premier pitchers in baseball, get suspended for two years by the MLB uh, in a very similar situation to Sean Watson. I think that sets a scary precedent if you're uh, the Cleveland Browns, um, that maybe the NFL follows follow suit and lay down some pretty hefty uh, suspensions independent of his legal troubles. Um, so that's – go ahead, Devin.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen this in the past too, where somebody doesn't get criminal charges or anything like that, but the NFL still suspends them. I don't think we see anything different here. I still think Watson will be suspended for – I think it's at least going to be four to six weeks. I mean, it could easily be eight to 10. I mean, it could be a significant amount of time for this team.
1: Yeah. Um, one pick that I'll point out for them that should absolutely scare you, Deb, uh is David Bell out of Purdue. And the reason that that should scare you is because that man uh, kills teams that wear black and gold. <laughs>
0: Pittsburgh and the Iowa Hawkeyes are very, very different. Uh, I, I like the pick of David Bell in the third round. I think his injury history is what made him fall so far. Um, What was he? He was suspended to start this last year. Was he not?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I know he was not suspended when they played Iowa.
0: (laughs) I believe he was suspended. I can't remember what it was for. It, It was either that or he was just injured. But injury history will come into play, I think, especially with the bigger hits that the NFL comes with, the faster speed that the NFL plays at. So we'll we'll see. I like David Bell, like in round three, top 100 barely, like I said. And he could easily be a great wide receiver. This draft class for wide receivers was absolutely insane. Lots of, I mean, even day three picks that could have an impact on these NFL teams. So, yeah, but I th- I think there will be a change of, changing of the guard, and I don't think he will be torching black and gold teams like he did in college because I think Iowa's just not quite as good as Pittsburgh Steelers are.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I feel like the Iowa defense in in, <laughs> in, in in college football is similar to that Steelers defense in NFL football, like the where the comparison is. But I'm calling it right now. David Bell going to break the single-game receiving records again against the Steelers this year. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they, a lot of day three picks at wide receiver. Uh, it, the Browns made one. Oklahoma wide receiver Mike Woods is a great pick. And they can really count Amari Cooper in their day three haul. Also, where I felt like they did a lot on day three and with the trade, uh, they bring him in too. So, uh, despite not having a lot of capital up front, I think a great draft for the Browns.
0: Yeah. Overall, I like it. I don't know where this team really stands at against all the other teams in the AFC and in the AFC North in general, especially given the question mark that we see over Deshaun Watson. So, man, I don't know. I do not know, but I mean, it'll just take some time. I'm sure we'll find out, um, here in the next coming months it'll definitely be out before the season starts in my opinion I don't think they wait that long let's move on here to the Pittsburgh Steelers selecting the one and only quarterback in the first two rounds of the draft in Kenny Pickett round 1 pick 20 what do you think Cody yeah I'm
1: surprised you let me talk first uh I was just going to defer to you on this one but um <laughs> they clearly had their guy um, I mean, they had their choice, like you said, of quarterbacks there. They went with Pickett, bringing him back to Pittsburgh um, right next door, as Mike Tomlin put it. Um, I do think that he adds a lot of versatility to this offense has been without. And I think he competes with Mitch Trubisky to be the week one quarterback. I don't know if he wins that competition, but um, I do see him um, adding, adding some liveliness to this offense going forward and being a stealer. Uh, and the face of that offense for uh, some years to come. Uh, Dad, I'm sure you were following this draft pretty closely. What else did you like and not like about it?
0: Uh, well, Pittsburgh now has four duos, four brothers that play on our team. They drafted the tight end Connor Hayward, Cam Hayward's brother from Michigan State. Just wanted to mention that for the familial lines that it breathes. Um, But I like him as a backup tight end, a blocking tight end. Um, He can play fullback, too. So I like that pick. Kenny Pickett, I really like him. Um, I was kind of happy they went with him over Malik Willis. I think Pickett has a better shelf life than Willis does based on the type of quarterback that he is. He's more of a pocket passer, but he comes with that mobility. He's not a runner first, and I think Malik Willis at least in the early part of his career, will be a runner first, kind of like we saw Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is still coming into his own as a passer. So I like Kenny Pickett there. I really like them adding depth at wide receiver in both George Pickens from Georgia in round two and then round four, Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis. Calvin Austin is essentially a track runner who puts on pads and then catches a football. Um, Incredible speed, can easily burn you. He's really close to the Deontay Johnson, Antonio Brown type receiver that Pittsburgh loves. And George Pickens is kind of close to the Chase Claypool build type. I mean, he can get up and get those contested catches. He's not, I mean, he's got some breakaway speed, but he's not going to go for 75-yard touchdowns. I don't think that's him. But, I mean, if you want a good chunk play, 25, 30, 40 yards, he's going to be your guy along with Chase Claypool on the outside. So I really like that. It frees up Deontay Johnson to be on the inside. Love it. And then lastly, I'll talk a little bit about DeMarvin all out of Texas A&M, the defensive end. I really, really like this pick. Um, a steal in the third round, if you ask me. I think he could kind of take over Alex Highsmith's spot on the left left side of the or right side of the defense um, opposite T.J. Watt. But we definitely saw one, when T.J. Watt went down, I mean, we saw a downfall um, in our production off of the edge. Uh, we had our first game without a sack in, like, four or five years it was absolutely nuts the streak that we had but lost that when t.j watt went down for a game this year so i like the depth that they're adding in layall out of texas a&m cody i want to hear your opinions on how you think that the steelers ended up drafting because i know my opinion i know ryan murphy's opinion who was one of our guests during the draft so i'm curious about what yours is
1: yeah i mean i think that there were other needs than wide receiver, uh, but you had pickens falling there and he has a ton of talent. So I don't mind that pick. Um, I thought the D-line uh D-line selection was good. And again, they go wide receiver. I feel like there were other directions that they could go. Not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with these players, but I feel like I mean, you're adding depth at tight end, you're adding depth at receiver. Um you're taking two quarterbacks. I just feel like there were other, personally, I think there were other positions, like in the secondary, um, linebacker, you took one, but could have, like, would have potentially like to see that a little bit earlier. There just seemed like there was other needs that weren't necessarily addressed for me, even though you did get a lot of quality players where you drafted them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And i I completely agree. When it comes to the linebacker thing, I mean, it came out two days ago that they didn't pick up Devin Bush's fifth-year option. So this is kind of a make-it-or-break-it year for him. Coming off of a torn ACL last year, he was kind of playing a little bit timid, a little bit shy. I think he was kind of scared to do it again. Um, But if he doesn't perform this year, I mean, we're easily a lock for a round one, round two linebacker in next year's draft. So I'm curious if they knew they weren't going to pick up his fifth-year option. Why they didn't go out and get a guy like N'Kobe Dean who fell into the third round. Christian Harris who was in the third round. Um, I mean, even guys like Troy Anderson out of Montana State. I mean, those those are guys that are going to be good depth positions. I mean, Nicobe Dean would easily be a starter right out the gate. Christian Harris would be a rotational piece out of the gate at inside linebacker. So it was a little bit interesting. I'll give you that. Um, but I do like the wide receivers they got. I think it helps our offense. It helps Kenny Pickett. I like it. Um, And it takes a little bit of heat off of Najee Harris. So open up the receiver game, open up the running game. It's good. This air raid offense going, but yeah, it'll the AFC North will be interesting to say the least. Um, I think one of the more underrated divisions in the AFC, I mean, you got the AFC West who's coming out the gate hot, And then I think it's kind of the AFC North right behind them, and yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the second most interesting in that conference.
1: I would definitely agree, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I know that you're like a little bit biased and stuff, but I'm gonna call you out. I, I wouldn't say they're underrated. I think it's pretty clear that that AFC West takes the cake in that conference. But then, I mean, I think any if anybody says that the AFC North isn't right behind them, uh, that's a question mark in my head. So I think they're pretty. Up- all right.
0: I mean, Hey, as, as long as somebody else is agreeing, I, I, I mean, if you're saying most people are saying that, then I'm all for it. Cause I, I completely agree. I think they're easily the second best division in the AFC and probably top four in the N- NFL.
1: Absolutely. Um, where are we going next?
0: Let's move on. We will go to the AFC South. And another team that had multiple first-round picks in the Houston Texans. What do we think?
1: I think that was the first uh, shock of the draft for me. Um, when they took Stingley at the third overall pick. I mean, his film, his best film, was is two years old now, and uh, I think a lot of people said Sauce Gardner was the best defensive back in this draft, and they go with him. Um, a, a ton of talent, but. Um, surprising to me, um, but definitely a need, and they go and get their offensive lineman and Kenyon Green at 15 to address another need. Um, Jalen Petrie, I mean, just, like, they definitely drafted to their needs. I just don't know that those were the best players for them. Uh, I know you put in a lot of research yeah. for those players, but, like, I mean, you see, yeah, I mean, What are your thoughts? Kenyon
0: Green at 15 is a shock for me. But I I will say one interesting thing, and this is not something that you see every day, but the Houston Texans had one, two, three, four, five. They had nine total picks in this draft. Not one of those picks is a duplicate position group. They had a cornerback, a guard, a safety, wide receiver, linebacker, running back, defensive end, tight end, offensive tackle. They didn't duplicate anything. And when we said... In their in our AFC South team profiles, that they basically needed help at every single position, and they went out and they did that in this draft. They were very, very—I um, don't know what the word is—they had a lot of variance on their on their picks here. And I like Derek Stingley at three. I think he's easily the best cornerback prospect if he didn't get hurt and if COVID wasn't a thing. If he didn't have if he had 2019 production throughout his entire college career, he would be a great cornerback in the draft. And I think, I think he would go in the top five like he did. Um, And I don't think sauce is the best quarterback prospect if Stingley had that production. So I like to pick there. Kenyon green is the big question mark for me. Will he perform at the next level? He was my second best um, guard and my third best interior offensive lineman. Um, So, Going 15 is a little bit questionable to me.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that uh, Mechie and Harris are two, um, could very easily uh, become starters for that team if they're able to, uh, if Mechie's able to, to secure passes and Harris is able to find the ball well. One big surprise for me for them, though, is that they didn't address the edge rush need. They've been needing that edge rusher since. Watt left and I I know in my mock draft I had them addressing that need early uh, but they didn't address it at all that was pretty surprising to me
0: yeah I had them going Jermaine Johnson at 13 as well Um, they got one in the fifth round but like I said earlier after round four early round five this draft class kind of falls off there's kind of that cliff when you hit like the top 130 140 picks And they grabbed a defensive end at 150, Thomas Booker out of Stanford. So we'll see. Maybe he develops, maybe he doesn't. But I think defensive end is definitely a position that they're going to need to either address um, in free agency here with the kind of secondary free agents that are still on the board. Or they're just going to have to wait for next year to get it. Um, Anyway... Let's move on here. Who do we have next? I believe it will be the Indianapolis Colts. They had a decent draft class here. I really like their pick of Jelani Woods in the third round. Um, definitely a more explosive Mo Ali Cox, and we saw Mo Ali Cox succeed in this offense. So I like the pick. I think he'll be a better pass catcher than Mo Ali Cox was. He's still that end zone threat that we love to see down there. Um, Matt Ryan is probably happy that they grabbed a tight end here, Um, especially after leaving Atlanta. Love that. And then one of the more interesting one is Nick Cross out of Maryland, also a round three pick. I really like him. They needed safety help. Um, He does play really, really fast and he is very aggressive at the safety position. Um, So his longevity kind of comes into question there. If he plays at the speed he does in college, if he plays at the aggressiveness he does in college, he will get hurt. And I think he needs to be a little bit more careful, um, kind of assess when he does need to hit and when he can kind of back off a little bit. And I think that's going to take some time. But overall, I think I like the Nick Cross pick. I, w- I would give that like an A-minus, I'd say. And overall, I'd probably give the Colts like a a B or a B-minus they got really lucky that they actually got picks for Carson Wentz from Washington here um, because if they didn't, it would it would probably be like a D for me, a C or a D, especially in that day one because day one was atrocious with them not having a pick because of the Carson Wentz trade. Man. What are your thoughts, Cody?
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about um, their tight end pick and how Ali Cox succeeded in this offense. I think it's important to note that That was the Carson Wentz offense, and this is going to be the Matt Ryan offense. But I see that correlating fairly well. Um, I mean, you look at Matt Ryan and the way he used Kyle Pitts last year and uh, the way he's used Tony Gonzalez in the past. Um, He's a tight end friendly guy, so I like that pick. There were some areas, particularly on the interior of that offensive line behind Quentin Nelson. And then also, I mean, they did get the uh, athletic uh, wide receiver uh, Alec Pierce uh, out of Cincinnati But other than that they could use Some depth at wide receiver and they could use some Depth behind Jonathan Taylor at running Back so Definitely look for them to Go that direction with their uh, UD FAs To kind of fill out the back end of that roster But overall they got some talent um, For again a team that didn't have A lot of capital on the front end of the draft
0: Yeah I mean, I like Alec Pierce, too, there in round two. Definitely one of those wide receivers that um, was easily a day-two selection. So I like that. They needed the depth there. T.Y. Hilton is not who he used to be, Um, so Alec Pierce is coming in as a replacement for him. I like that. So I bet Matt Ryan likes it. They're adding a couple weapons with their first two picks in this draft, and they give him some protection with the third pick in the draft. So he's coming into a decent spot, a good team who – I think we'll probably end up winning this division. I think Tennessee kind of lucked out to get that number one seed last year. And I think Indianapolis improved enough, especially at the quarterback position, because Matt Ryan is definitely better than Carson Wentz, to overtake them for the number one spot in the AFC South.
1: Interesting. Hot take. I would take a healthy Carson Do Wentz. You disagree? Yes. Okay. I would take. I would take a health I would take a healthy Carson Wentz over Matt Ryan right
0: now. Okay. Okay. I just think the decision making on the Carson Wentz side needs to improve because it was bad last year. That's true. But that's I mean, enough. He plays for the Washington Commanders. We're not even talking about the NFC. Let's move on. AFC South. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars up next. Cody, your take.
1: I mean, we could sit here all day. And talk about the fact that they took Trayvon Walker first overall and whether or not that was a good decision. But ultimately, that's going to be judged based on how his career compares to Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I know that you and I both agree that it probably wasn't the pick to make there, um, but they made it. He's a talented kid. Um, We'll see what happens. I love, love, love the. Pick of Kentucky center Luke Fortner uh, in the third round to replace their center retired. Uh, was it Linder? Yeah, Brandon Linder. Um, you got it. You know, sometimes we know what we're talking about on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I like that pick, least favorite pick other than Walker, probably. Um, Snoop Connor, the running back out of Old Miss, I think they probably could have gotten value similar to him out of an undrafted free agent. And they're a team that has James Robinson and they have a healthy Travis ETN. I think that they could have went with more offensive line help or secondary help, um, got a better secondary. I mean, they drafted two corners after that, but um, there are other areas to adjust rather than that running back. Love the Fortner pick. Not a big fan of the Connor pick. Um, overall, a B, I think, for me, for the Jags.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they go Aiden Hutchinson, it's an A- minus for me. But they didn't, and they went Trayvon Walker, and that definitely drops it down to a B. Um, I like the Devin Lloyd pick. Um, pick 27 in round one. Great value there. Um, He's an excellent linebacker. We talked about it on the live stream, but he's there to replace Miles Jack, who they lost in free agency. So I really like that. Young guy, great leader, excellent linebacker all around. It was either him or N'Kobe Dean who was going to be the number one linebacker off the board. Um, Turns out it was actually neither of them. It was Quay Walker to the Packers, but I think that both Lloyd and Dean were more talented than Walker. But I like the Lloyd pick there. Um, And like you said, we could talk for 30 minutes on why the heck they picked Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. Personally, I would have picked Thibodeau over Trayvon Walker. Just the production wasn't there. We talked about how it was a little bit convoluted in the George defense. But still, I mean, you're taking a lack of production and an excellent combine over a good combine, great combine out of Aiden Hutchinson and excellent college production from him in his last year. So I don't see the reason to take Trayvon Walker there at number one overall, especially when you need that help on edge rusher immediately. But again, I could be completely wrong on this. Trayvon Walker could easily be the number one talent out of this draft class. We shall see in the next coming years. Um, So that's always interesting. But like you said, I like the upgrade at offensive line there with Luke Fortner out of Kentucky. Great steal in round three. Um, Snoop Connor definitely the most interesting to me, especially with James Robinson and Travis Etienne coming off, I mean, not injury, but he'll be back healthy. He'll be a great running back in this offense with Doug Peterson as the coach. So, I mean, Snoop Connor is essentially just a depth piece at running back. I mean, a running back three for this team, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Cody, how do you feel about this draft from them? Not great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you, buddy.
1: Uh, I mean, I think with the picks that they had, and I mean, they got some from the trade that they made. They did a very solid job. I mean, I think Traylon Burks is a playmaker, and he's compared to A.J. Brown. Uh, but he's not A.J. Brown, and they traded away A.J. Brown, which um, as a team that already lost Julio Jones, I don't know what that makes their – I mean, they have Robert Woods. So Robert Woods and Traylon Burks um, are an athletic playmaking receiver group, but I would say still a drop from A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, even though Julio had health issues. We Robert Woods is coming off an injury um, also, but – We love a a
0: mid-season injury at that, too.
1: Right. Love Roger McCreary in the second round. Love uh, Nicholas pettit Frere. I butchered that in the third. Um, They get Malik Willis, guy a lot of people thought were going to be the first, uh, was the first quarterback taken, and he falls to them at 86. And Ryan Tannehill did not seem too pleased. Said, it's not my job to mentor this kid. Whatever he learns from me, he learns from me. Good luck, Charlie. Uh, so, but I do think that he adds a playmaking versatility to this offense and could, could lead them down the road should he develop well under Tanico.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, we saw a lot of people saw Malik Willis as the best raw talent out of this quarterback group. So with that time to develop, you know, one, two years, maybe out of Tannehill, I think he could use. I mean, he could be a great quarterback in the NFL, but he needs that time to develop to the speed, to the process, to he needs to improve on his decision making, on his um Reading the field, just all going through all of his progressions, everything like that, he needs to improve on. And he has the time to do that with Tannehill leading this offense as of right now. Like you said, I do really like the Roger McCreary pick. Um, could have easily been a round one prospect, failed around two. Titans nab him up. Great cornerback out of Auburn. I like that. Not a whole lot more to say. I mean, they grabbed Traylon Burks. um, Definitely a downgrade from A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was already developed um, to an NFL wide receiver. I think Traylon Burks takes a little bit of time. He's not quite as fast as A.J. Brown. He doesn't have the route running ability that A.J. Brown has. He will be cheaper, that's for sure. But, I mean, you're not paying as much because he's not as good as A.J. Brown right now. Maybe he gets there in three years. Maybe he doesn't. I don't like this trade from them.
1: We are in agreement on that. So with that, we'll move to the last division, the AFC West, the team that perhaps made the biggest free agency splash, and there's no perhaps about it. They did make the biggest free agency splash. Uh, But how'd they do in the draft? Let's start with the Denver Broncos,
0: Devin. Well, like most Broncos fans did, um, if you are a Broncos fan, you just watch Russell Wilson highlights to get you through the first round of the draft. Um, and that just made you feel better of not having a round one pick. I do like their day two pick of Nick Benito, though, that defensive end out of Oklahoma. He could be an excellent edge rusher for this defense, good rotational piece for his rookie year, and could easily be a starter come year two. And then to replace Noah Fant, they grabbed Greg Dulcich, the tight end out of UCLA. Excellent wide receiver or er, uh, pass catching option at tight end for russell wilson probably an upgrade over most tight ends that russell wilson has played with in his career so he does need a little bit of development on the run blocking aspect but he's a good good red zone target for russell wilson um in his receiver options there in denver so i like their first two picks nick benito and greg dolchitz cody what do you think
1: yeah i mean they didn't have a lot of early capital uh they used the capital they got in the Von Miller trade for Benito like that pick. A um, couple things I'll point out. They take Washington center Luke Wattenberg at number 171 overall. I could see him potentially competing for their starting center job this year. So keep an eye out for him. And they also add some defensive tackle pieces, which I think they desperately needed. And two very different guys, which is always good to have. Um, I- yoyoma Yo- Yo- Sorry, buddy. I just <laughs> butchered your name. Uh, Wazirike, Waza. That is a name out of you got Iowa it.
0: State. You got it. That's right. I'm sure out
1: of Iowa State and Matt Henningson. That's a lot easier out of Wisconsin. Um, Mister Iowa State was. We'll just call Matt is more of a power guy, whereas Hennington is a quickness, uh, quickness and gritty guy. So. Definitely good to see them add some depth there, um, some depth in the secondary, also. So, a solid draft for Denver uh, with their big offseason move, obviously, being the Wilson addition.
0: Yeah. And, real quick, I do want to point out one of the biggest steals of the fourth round was Damari Mathis, the cornerback out of Pittsburgh. He is a very, very speedy cornerback who can keep up with NFL receivers. The only thing that I think made him fall to round four is he is really, really handsy and grabby when you get down the field more. So if that is taken away from his game, he is easily a great steal in this draft and could be a starting cornerback in the NFL. So, you know, develop a a little bit, coach out the grabby hands, and you got yourself an excellent cornerback there. Let's move on. Let's go to Kansas City, who a lot of people think replaced Tyree Kill in this draft. Cody, what do you think?
1: I don't want to talk about it. Um, So I'll let you talk about it, and I'll talk about their first two picks. Um, They trade up and draft Trent McDuffie uh, at number 21 overall. Love that pick for them. Uh, Dude's a playmaker out out of Washington at the cornerback position where after losing Ward and Matthew, um, Kansas City had a huge need there, and they go and get a stud at corner. Um, and then still manage to get George Karloftis at the end of the round, um, who I think will be great, be able to learn from Frank Clark and Chris Jones, who are aging and have injury issues. So I think he'll also be able to contribute on that defensive line. And then I'm going to let you take over um, because I'm a little salty after that point.
0: I was going to say, you you probably wanted Chicago to take Sky Moore, didn't you?
1: No comment. <laughs>
0: Chicago took Jaquan Brisker with the round two pick forty eight, and Kansas City grabbed Sky Moore at pick fifty four. So that is probably why Cody's a little bit salty about the Sky Moore pick. I do like Sky Moore. I think he can be an excellent receiver in the NFL. I like him in Kansas City's offense. Um, I do not think he's Tyreek Hill yet. Yet Tyreek Hill is an excellent talent at wide receiver one of the best in the NFL right now. Skymore will need time to get to that level if he ever gets there. To ask a receiver to get to the level of Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, what Antonio Brown was in his heyday is a tall order. Not every receiver is going to be able to do that. Skymore has the ability to. It's whether or not he actually reaches his potential. With that said, I like Skymore. I like the talent out of Western Michigan there. And I think Pat Mahomes probably really appreciates them grabbing wide receiver depth in this draft class.
1: Yeah, all I'll say on that subject is that I was licking my chops, even though the receivers poured off the board in round one. The Bears had two picks fairly early in the second round, and there was still some solid talent at wide receiver available. Um, Watson went early. Green Bay traded up for him. That was okay. There was still talent available, and the Bears went defensive back, defensive back. We'll talk about their picks next week. I don't mind the first one, but man, man. Uh, back to the Chiefs. Um, Jalen Watson, cornerback uh, out of Washington State. I love that pick. I feel like he probably could have been taken a couple rounds earlier, uh, so steal for them, and I think they, they had another steal in the seventh with Paccio, uh, he's fast and hard-hitting uh, running back, um, who will, I think will complement Clyde Edwards-Hilaire nicely.
0: Yeah, um, honestly, one of my least favorite picks out of this team was Leo Chanel, or Channel, however you say his last name, out of Wisconsin in round three. He's a really good linebacker. He's got good talent, great running line like against the run but he has very, very little experience when it comes to pass um, defending at that linebacker position. And, I mean, they have Nick Bolton, who is a really good linebacker. Willie is fairly young. Nick Bolton's really young. So I'm curious why they felt the need to go linebacker there and why they went with Leo, especially if they want help in the passing game, which is something that they're going to need in this division. So kind of a questionable pick on in my head right there in round three, there's probably other ways you could have gone, but who am I to question their ability, their GM's ability? Um, Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Let's move on to our second to last team here in the Las Vegas Raiders. Cody, what did you like? What did you dislike about the Raiders draft class this year?
1: So yeah, the Raiders, another team uh, that didn't have a lot of early capital. They obviously traded their first two picks for Devontae Adams. Um, but they did still, I feel like, make some quality picks down the, uh, in, the later, or in the later rounds. Love guard Dylan Parnum out of Memphis. Um, he has a great base, which is something, as an offensive lineman, I always look for. His mobility and footwork are great. Um, and he's flexible, can play either center or guard. So I thought that was a great uh, introduction to the draft for them.
0: Yeah, and I will say one of the more interesting things that the Raiders did was decline Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option like a week before the draft, and then they went out and drafted two running backs, Zamir White out of Georgia and Britton Brown out of UCLA. And Zamir White, I mean, he was their second pick. He's around four pick, but he's still the second pick that the Raiders took in this draft. So they're viewing him as somebody who they want to produce. So I'm curious how they're going to use him. But I think the cards are kind of on the table of if Josh Jacobs goes down this year, I don't think they re-sign him next year. If he gets injured again, I think they cut him loose. And I'm sure there will be another team that views Josh Jacobs as still a great running back in the NFL. But so far, his career has kind of been riddled with injuries. When he's on the field, he's great. But that's the issue. He's not always on the field. And I think the Raiders are kind of getting a little bit tired of it. And they want this offense to succeed, and they need their RB1 on the field.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting move for them, though, for me, to leave his option on the table. Just because, like, with his injury issues, like, I feel like you'd want to keep him on that first contract for a little bit longer. Um, Because, I mean, if he comes out and has a great year like he's capable of having and stays healthy well, then, then he's mm-hmm. going to want to get paid, and you're going to be hard-pressed not to pay him uh, because I think he's better than probably most running backs you can get in free agency um, or the draft. So it'll be interesting how that situation plays out over the rest of the year for sure.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that take. I will ask you one question. Najee Harris or Josh Jacobs?
1: I think they're both really, really good for their like the schemes that they're in. Um I wanna say Najee, but I'm not a hundred percent like give me another year that like Najee had last year and I will hundred percent say Najee, mm-hmm. but
0: um, That's fair. I was yeah. just curious. I mean you said you said finding a talent in the draft isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. And while I do agree with that, I think there are running backs that can easily produce in their first year as a rookie lately. We haven't really seen a whole lot of it, but Najee Harris was one of those last year. Elijah Mitchell was one of those last year. So I think they could replace Josh Jacobs in the draft, especially, I mean, maybe Zamir white does produce this year as a rookie, maybe 400 yards off the ground, maybe another 200 in the air. And they think, you know what, if he was given, and 75% snap share that he would actually be more productive or have more production than Josh Jacobs ever did. We shall see. That is my take on the Raiders draft. But, but I do like them trading away their first two picks for Devonte Adams. Just going to throw that in there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we talk about we talk about him being riddled with injury. I mean, he played 13 games uh 13, Excuse me, 13 games is rookie year, 15 games, uh, and 15 games last two years. That's not,
0: I mean, that's. That's actually pretty good. I guess I, maybe it's just because his production has always been down. I mean, I always, in the last few years, I've just been viewing things from a fantasy production, like, standpoint, essentially. And I know last year, Josh Jacobs took a while to get up to speed. I mean, he had the yards. And I think outside of like week one, he didn't have a touchdown for a while, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, the production just wasn't quite there, wasn't quite where they wanted it to be. So maybe they're just looking another direction in the future, or maybe they're just saying, hey, do more.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, he went over a thousand yards his first two years. He was down a little bit last year. Uh, but I feel like part of that for me is. Um, Just that team and that division, like I said, the scheme that he plays in, the the Raiders' passing offense took a step up this last year, and they were in a division with Kansas City and Los Angeles that were uh, high-powered offenses. So I think it was more just finding themselves in the position of having to pass to keep up, rather than being able to lean on Jacobs uh, quite as much. But um, and that his his carries were down. He had 60 fewer carries last year than he did the year before, so um, we'll see. I I think he's a very talented kid uh, who definitely has a a show-me year coming up this year, either way.
0: Yeah, Um, didn't talk a whole lot about their draft there, but, I mean, their two most important picks, round one round two, were traded for Devontae Adams, which I like. Granted, I think they could have found a good wide receiver in round one, but... I don't know that any of those wide receivers live up to what Devontae Adams has in the past few years. Um, So I like the pick there. They're trying to keep up with other teams in the AFC West, so I like it overall. Let's move on to the Chargers here. Um, One of the most interesting picks for me on the Chargers draft class would be Isaiah Spiller. I think he is a really good complement to Austin Eckler in this offense. Definitely better than Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly immediately coming out of the gate. So easily the RB2 on their roster for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with what (laughs) you said. I disagree that he's a good complement, though. Uh, For me, I mean, Spiller is that kind of dual threat rusher receiver that Eckler is. So I think they have two of the same, uh, which I don't think is, like, great for that offense. But, I mean, the more talent, the merrier, I suppose. Uh, Would expect a compliment for Eckler to be more of a power back, which Spiller really isn't for me. But love the talent there. Um, Did you feel like Zion Johnson was a reach for them?
0: No, I mean, not really. I had him anywhere from late teens to um, mid-20s, late 20s. But I actually really like him. I mean, I think they kind of got really lucky that Houston didn't grab Zion Johnson. I like Johnson more than green we've seen Johnson play at all three positions on the offensive line and he can do really well at all of them. So wherever the heck they need offensive line help plug Johnson in there, he's going to do great. And he'll be on your team for a while. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think overall just Chargers kind of added some depth, um, added a safety and two corners, um, which was a little bit surprising for me since they do have Derwin James and JC Jackson, but, the more depth the merrier and they're in some of uh, that high powered division. So um shoring up that secondary. Um, I like the UCLA pick Otito, um, also um, another team that didn't, it didn't necessarily have a ton of glaring needs, but added depth at places where they needed it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd probably give them a B overall. Not too splashy with Johnson at their round one, 17 overall. But I like it. I like the the need fill there. Um, they could have gone Devontae White. I think it would have been more of a reach than Johnson was there at 17. So I like it. They filled the need. Um, and they got some more blocking for Herbert and Eckler. Give them some room. Let them work. Um, I like it. Definitely not splashy. But overall, a decent draft and they fill the positional need. Cody, what are your overall thoughts for the AFC draft class?
1: As always, I mean, some booms and some busts. We saw some top-tier drafts with the Jets and the Ravens. Um, We saw some questionable drafts, namely the Patriots. Um, But overall, I think that I think that the AFC gets more exciting. I mean, I think the Jets become a fun team to watch. I don't know how successful they'll be, but I think they become more of a fun team to watch. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Draft may be more excited for the season to come.
0: Yeah, it was honestly really, really unexpected about how eventful this draft would be. I mean, there's been talk about how this draft class just hasn't... I mean, it's not as... Significant as other drafts in the past, but based on the nine trades that we saw on day one, I would say the NFL disagrees with us. The NFL teams and the GMs disagree with the general public and the general media saying that this draft class isn't as talented as previous years. I think we could see some studs come out of this draft class, and I think the NFL agrees with me. I like it, I'm excited for this year to come excited to talk about the NFC next week. Cody, why don't you go ahead and close us out?
1: Well before I do that, Dev, uh you, you mentioned that yeah. we have a you mentioned that we have a YouTube channel now. So where like how can people interact with us? What what can they do to help us out as a podcast? Um how can they stay engaged?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so it's a little bit hard to find us on YouTube because we don't quite have a following yet. But I believe if you go to our website, which is linked, I want to say, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. um, If it's not, I'll put it in our description so you all can click on it. Um, That has a link directly to our YouTube page. So go check us out there. We will be doing some more content. Cody and I need to talk about this a little bit more. But we'll be releasing some content on YouTube, especially when it comes to fantasy football. Um, Coming up here, we'll be talking a lot more about that on the podcast as well. But we're excited for it. Um, Go subscribe to our channel. Follow our podcast. Like our podcast. Leave reviews. Anything that you can to help us out. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. We love doing this and we want to continue to do it. So, yeah, we like interacting with you guys. We still have yet to receive an email. Somebody send us an email. Please rough the pot at Gmail. We would appreciate it a lot. And, yeah, as always, Cody, what do you got for us?
1: We will leave you with some wisdom, a good vitriol, as always. We're going back to Confucius, the main man, Fushi, uh, from back in the day. Uh, by three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, which is easiest. And third, by continuing to keep rocking the podcast. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Goodbye.